0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times.
1: This is Asian Insider, and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. Now, across Asia, the COVID 19 pandemic has set back poverty reduction goals by a decade, according to some estimates. The ramifications of this are enormous, and we have spoken about this on Asian Insider earlier in the summer. Straits Times Correspondents have recently drilled down across Asia on the effects of the pandemic on the younger generation. And specifically today, we look at Asia's two great trading services and financial hubs, Hong Kong and Singapore, with the help of Straits Times political reporter Yun in Singapore and Hong Kong correspondent Claire Huang in Hong Kong. Yun Claire, thank you so much for sparing your time today. You've been looking at the impact So yul you've been looking at the impact of the pandemic on young people in Singapore. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the pandemic triggered a recession. A lot of people lost their jobs. Many have had to postpone crucial decisions in their lives. What have you found in terms of the longer effect of the pandemic on this younger generation in Singapore?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely, um, as you rightly pointed out, right, um, jobs are... you know the top of people's minds right now especially for young people because this is a very crucial period um you know of their you know working life right you're entering into the job market and job opportunities are harder to come by so right now the you the resident unemployment rate for those below 30 is 7.3% um as of uh june right and this is higher than six percent in june last year and i think um, there is concern you know amongst international experts that if you enter um into the job market at a time of crisis this could lead to long-term wage scarring effects um right but i think the government is very aware of the need to guard against this and they've kind of um put in a lot of initiatives to have jobs and training opportunities for, for young people so they're working with companies uh, to kind of open up uh, traineeships and and other um, you know internship opportunities while um, you know young people are still uh, maybe while they're still facing challenges in finding a job and I think many young people also have to temper their expectations and settle for something that may not be what they had in mind but can still allow them to acquire the skills uh, they need in in the long run. Um, But when you look at the housing market, uh, the property market has stayed uh, fairly resilient Um, but one trend that I think experts are seeing is that people are moving away from buying built-to-order purchase flats right which is you know, which would take a longer time uh, to complete, and they're turning to the resale market instead.
1: Claire, over to you in Hong Kong now. Same question, really, to you. A broad, a, a broad question. What has been the impact on young people in Hong Kong? I know you've been looking at housing as well, which is or has always been a critical component of living in Hong Kong. Can you share something about uh, what you have found?
2: Well, nirmal Um, Hong Kong is the most unaffordable property market in the world. The prices are through the roof, no pun intended, prices are never quite, uh, they never quite come down over here. So just to give a sense uh, at the moment, right, a private 400 square foot unit uh, can reach uh, Hong Kong $6 million, which is about $1 million. Seng. And uh, that's for a unit of this size, uh, easily in a fringe uh, location or even newer estates. Now, um, some things that's worked to a certain extent uh, for younger generation would be the pandemic and weak global economic conditions in terms of housing. Uh, the International Mon- Monetary Fund uh, or IMF in October warned of a long, uneven, and uncertain recovery. This weak global sentiment and the pandemic has, have depressed um, property buyer sentiments in Hong Kong uh, for a short period. As um, on top of that, you've got job cuts underway. More job cuts could come uh, as the pandemic lasts. So the current low interest rate uh, environment is good for buyers uh, who are house hunting uh, and. You know, some of them are taking the opportunity to get a a smaller and more manageable mortgage loan. So I think there's a group that's seizing um, this opportunity. Uh, But I think here's where I like to point out, you know, the the other side of it, which is um, those counting on investments to pay for a new home uh may be in for a surprise depending on what kind of investments they have right because you have a low interest rate environment this is a double-edged sword in that sense um and the hong kong residential market um, has been fairly resilient according to jll and that's because it has a chronic lack of supply Uh, and generally um you have an affluent society so mass residential prices have more or less held steady um but the situation may change uh, as more companies start to, you know, uh, lay off staff, and Hong Kong's economy is now in a recession if, and it's expected to remain in a recession. So defaults are already on the rise. Um, over in Asia, though, um, the trend is pretty much mixed, um, China, for instance as uh, people putting a pause on house buying in Malaysia you have got uh, bargain hunting Uh, some of them are buying snapping up houses that are 20-25% down the uh, previous price Uh, bucking the trend will be uh, the Philippines where home prices short up as more Chinese buyers snap up high end units in Japan though uh, the units outside of Tokyo um, are gaining popularity. And this is a trend that uh, you can spot in some other cities too. Uh, and uh, it's driven by the fact that people have to spend more time at home. So they're, they're more open to um, properties that are further out. Uh, but, and they want properties that are bigger uh, and, and you know, more bang for their buck in, in short
1: even before the pandemic, there was a sense that optimism was in short supply. You know, times were changing. Adaptation was always a challenge. The U.S.-China trade war was casting a pall and so forth. And then came the novel coronavirus. And 2020 was a year in which people have been stretched to the limit. Very challenging. And especially so in Hong Kong, in fact. So I'm going to ask the same question to both of you, but I'll start with you, Claire, since you've been in Hong Kong and covering the protests as well. And then the and then the pandemic. What is the sense you get from there among the young people in terms of is, you know, is, is optimism, does optimism still prevail? What is, how are people feeling? What is the sentiment?
2: Well, um, there was a study that was done uh, by the University of Hong Kong. They surveyed more than uh, 11,000 people from February to uh, July this year. And they found more than 70% of them showed signs of moderate to severe depression. Um, And they found that many people basically here were showing signs of trauma, depression after last year's uh, protests, uh, you know, and the unrest uh, was often... Violent, Uh, and then you know you have now got like what you said the health and economic crisis. So, forty percent of the respondents in this survey um, had symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder (PTSD). A sizable number of people, more than four thousand of the uh, of those polled, appeared to be suffering from both PTSD and depression. The situation is alarming, according to you know uh, the academics uh, and the professors. uh, They're saying that. the people here didn't feel better even when they were able to stay away from the source of their stress so um they're saying that there could be more people who are developing mental disorders uh, in that sense and um there is a bit of a doom and gloom and if you know uh Beijing has just uh, disqualified for Pan Dam opposition lawmakers. So I think that's going to add on to um, the perception that Beijing is crushing dissent, which it has denied. Um, And uh, I think all these news, which are quite negative for Hong Kong, is not going to make the people feel um, any better as they struggle with, um, you know, the daily living and making ends meet because, you know, Catholic Pacific had cuts, uh, so it's a bit of a doom and gloom over here in Hong Kong right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think the tail of the pandemic is going to be very long and mental health is uh, one of the underlying issues, which is going to be more and more prominent going forward. Um, what about Singapore?
0: Yeah, Um I think it's definitely less bleak in Singapore, but definitely experts are also worried about the pandemic taking a toll on the mental health of young of young people. So the National Youth Council has also done a survey to you know look at how young people are doing in terms of uh, the mental health. And one in two of them say that the pandemic has negatively affected their uh, mental well-being. And I think um, many experts and mental health organisations are worried about uh, a second wave, right? Because in Singapore, I think the first wave came during the circuit breaker, when people were suffering from the effects of um, isolation. Uh, but right now, um, many of the concerns would be about whether you know young people whose families or who they themselves have been affected by um, the 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 bigger economic outlook would also you know see this uh, having an impact on on the psychological well-being. Uh, but I think on the on the flip side, I mean, in Singapore this year, we also had the elections, right? And I think uh, because of the pandemic and how it has such far-reaching um, effects on every single aspect of our lives, uh, young people have also seen uh, the impact of policies and on, you know, global affairs uh, and how that, you know, um, translates into issues on the ground. And uh, many of, of, you know, uh, them have started to reach out and set up their own social initiatives or they have become more politically aware. You know, they, they've started to uh, volunteer or advocate for for migrant worker causes, you know, because of the outbreak that we have seen in, in dormitories. So I think in a way, uh, for, for a country like Singapore, where, uh, you know, activism and advocacy may be something that's not in the mainstream, uh, more young people have started to realize that they need to kind of step out and take medicine into their own hands right so and um so maybe this could also forge better long-term trends for for singapore and they're also getting used to you know having to adjust to uncertainty um whether it be you know their their life paths or in terms of their jobs and education trajectory
1: fascinating yes this this is- uh, this issue of uh, adaptation and, uh, uh, you know, uh, looking at uh, alternatives is, uh, is something which has come out all over the world, including the new awareness of uh, underlying factors, underlying issues in society has grabbed the attention of people. I mean, the pandemic has uh, thrown a hard, very harsh spotlight on some of these underlying factors. Well, thank you very much, Claire. yunsen thank you very much and uh, take care out there. All the best in your reporting. Asia is a particularly young continent, but ironically, it is young people who are bearing the brunt of the COVID-19 pandemic. Life as we know it has changed fundamentally, perhaps even permanently, and it is up to the younger people to find a way and adapt to these new challenging conditions. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh.
0: That was an SBH podcast by the Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3.